Hi everyone, we are here, Dave Therrien, New Hope Radio, and the Hope, the New Hope Club, the New, I don't even know what it's called, the Hope Club Podcast, that's what it is, and I, I like the podcast too, you know why? It's New Hope Radio on demand, oh, yeah, you can get it anytime, can't sleep at night, put it on, I'll put you to sleep, that's what people tell me, driving to work, driving home, put it on. You got Bluetooth in your car? Put it on. Get the Word of God. That's the most important thing we can ingest, God's Word. Coming to you over WARV, 1590 AM, 92.7 FM. Also, New Hope Radio Live, YouTube, and Facebook. And the Hope Club Podcast. I would say... Whenever we listen to a radio program or a a podcast, we should ask the question. And you know what the question is? What's the point? What's the point of this program? Here's the point we're going to make today. Jesus doesn't call people to be believers. He calls people... To be disciples. Did you get that? Jesus doesn't call people to be believers. He calls them to be disciples. That's the important thing. There's a big difference between being a believer and a disciple. What is a disciple? A disciple is a student, a learner, a follower. Back in the days of Jesus, when the rabbis taught, the students would follow the rabbis if they were teaching, walking down the road, and they would be up close so they could listen. They didn't want to miss a word. And the intention was that they would become like their rabbi. That was the whole goal. Why do you want to be a disciple? To become like your teacher. And Jesus even said it in Luke 6.40, everyone, after he has been fully trained, will be like his teacher. So for us, we know our teacher is the Lord Jesus, and the reason we take in the Word of God as often as we can, to be students of the Word, because we want to be like him. That's our journey, isn't it? Our journey through life as Christians is to become like Christ. That's it. It's not to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. It's not to get everything we want. It's to be like Christ. That's the goal. So let me ask you, how you doing? How you doing with that? Oh, it's a process. We know. Nobody gets there overnight. It is a lifelong journey. Now, Jesus had disciples who followed him. But they would also leave him when it became inconvenient for them. Jesus told the crowd of people one time, eat my flesh and drink my blood. John chapter 6, verse 60. You know what the Bible says? Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard it, they said, oh, this is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? And then as a result of this, what? Many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. Wow. I wonder where... We would be 
If we were in that crowd, if you were in that crowd, hey, if I was in that crowd and Jesus said, eat my flesh and drink my blood, would I be like, bring it on? I would be like, oh man, that's a little asking too much, isn't it? You think sometimes people think God will ask too much of them? But here's the point. True disciples accept the hard message. They do. They accept the conviction. They accept the challenge, the hard message. That's why I love New Hope. People love the hard message. They don't, they don't come to get their ears tickled. Oh no. They come because they want to hear something that they won't hear anywhere else. They want to hear something that will challenge their flesh, something that will bring them to a higher level of Christ likeness. And I applaud people that want to go to church because they don't want to stay the same. They want to grow and they want to change. And they know growth comes from change. If you don't change, you don't grow. And perhaps this is why many people shun Christianity. They don't want to change. If you want to get from here to there, you have to change where you're going. And a lot of people, you know, they like where they're going. I like the direction I'm going. I don't want to change it. I don't want to change anything about my life. And if I get Christ in my life, I got to make changes. I don't want to make any changes. And there they stand, far from God, alienated from the life of Christ that they could have, just alienated from it. And they're okay with that. So this brings us to Matthew chapter 8. Our series is Down from the Mount. Jesus comes down from the mountain where he preached the Sermon on the Mount, aptly titled. And uh, some of the events that followed, we're speaking about them in Matthew 8. And he brings the discipleship test. In verse 19, a scribe came and said to him, who's a scribe? A scribe is a guy that would copy the law. They would copy it. They'd make copies of it. So therefore, he knew it. And he said to Jesus, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. See, because that's what a student does, right? A student follows a teacher. So this guy, he's familiar with the scriptures. He's a scribe. The ancient scribe would teach, develop, and use the law, even in court. Okay? The scribe would be a type of a lawyer as well. So he says, Ah, ah. I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, I love the way, the Lord always answers things in a way that you never expect him to. He says, you know, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air, they have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. You know what that means? It means, listen, buddy, you want to follow me? That's great. But I don't know where I'm sleeping tonight. Uh, are you ready for a life of, oh, here it comes, inconvenience? Are you, re- are you ready for a life of spontaneity? I think Jesus was very spontaneous. I like that. I like spontaneity. I'm kind of spontaneous. Some people don't want to be spontaneous. They, they like to plan everything, you know? Well, what are you doing January 4th, 19 or 2060? <laughs> well, let me check my book, right? But spontaneity is part of the Christian life. Like William Barclay said, it remains true to this day. What is needed most of all 
is not so much to talk to men about Jesus as to confront them with Jesus. Yeah, think about that. And the question is, what are you doing with Christ? That's the question to ask people. What are you doing with Jesus Christ? It's not, do you believe in Jesus? It's not, have you asked Jesus to be your Savior? No, it's, what, what are you doing with Christ? What have you done with the God, God's gift to you called Jesus Christ? So Jesus, what he's doing with the scribe, he's getting him to count the cost of discipleship. You want to follow me? You want to be a disciple? Beautiful. But the foxes have more security. The birds have a better view. I don't know where I'm going to be tonight. Are you able to do that? See, Jesus doesn't want followers who are swept away with emotion. He wants people who know what they're doing. They know that there's a cost to Christianity. It's going to cost them. It could cost them convenience. It could cost them some friends. It could cost them some goals and desires. It could cost them time and money and energy. It's a very costly way to live, but the dividends it pays, they're unmatched. So think about it. Enthusiasm, which has not faced the facts, will soon be dead as ashes in a flame. Enthusiasm dies down. That is not the reason to follow after Christ, because you hear a message and you get all enthusiastic. I remember on a on an Easter Sunday years ago, 30 people got saved. They all came down, they raised their hands, they, they were crying, oh, I want Jesus in my life, you know. They were so enthusiastic and so emotional. I'm like, where are they today? Where are they? I don't know. They're all gone. Enthusiasm doesn't get it done. Cheap believism doesn't get it done. What does the Bible say about the devil? He believes, right? The devil doesn't. The, the devil is not an atheist. He's seen God. He's seen Christ. He believes, and he trembles. He's still afraid of God. Oh, yeah, but he believes. So we got to be careful for the difference between believing, which is a type of a head knowledge, and discipleship, which is wanting to be like Christ. So now in verse 21, another of the disciples said to him, by the way, these are not the 12, these are other guys. Another of the disciples said to him, Lord. See, the first guy called him teacher. This guy calls him Lord. So maybe he knows Jesus a little better. Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Follow me and allow the dead to bury their own dead. I'm like, wow. Wow. This guy wants to bury his father. Jesus says, no, you come with me right now. And why would Jesus say something like that? Well, because it wasn't time for the funeral. It's believed that the man's father had not yet even died. He just wanted to hang out and wait until the father did die and then follow Jesus. In other words, waiting for a more, here it comes, convenient time. Let me tell you something about convenience. It's your enemy. It's your enemy to doing godly things. Because a lot of the Christian life is not convenient. (laughs) It's not. It's not convenient. 
Convenience is the way of the world. It's like, oh, do I feel like it or do I not feel like it? That's the way of the world. But the way of God is more about duty and responsibility. So his father hadn't even died yet. And Jesus is saying, there's a higher calling if you want to follow me. See, there'll always be something to delay the disciple if the disciple is not completely sold out for Christ. There's the key. Completely sold out. Are you completely so? That's what it takes to be a disciple. You can't be like, oh, you know, let me try it. You can't try it. You're either in or out, all the way. You can't learn to swim if you just put your feet in the water. You're either all the way in or you're all the way out. You want to learn to swim? You got to be all the way in. You want to follow Christ? You got to be all the way in. You can't be half in and half out. Okay? So now we had a couple of minor tests of discipleship. Perhaps now we have the biggest test of all. See, the first test was one of natural comfort. Oh, you know, I don't know where I'm sleeping tonight, Jesus says. Oh, geez, I don't know if I want that. Jesus, do you use the holiday in or do you use quality in? <laughs> I don't use either one. Oh, I don't know if I want to go. The second test was one of natural duty. Well, you know, I got to hang out, wait for my father to die. Fine. But I ain't waiting. You either come now or you don't come. The third test is one of the, oh, the storms of life. Let me tell you something about life, which you've already discovered. Life has storms. And you know what storms do? They reveal a lot about a person's faith. Matter of fact, storms reveal to us where our faith lies, what our faith is in. So in verse 23, all this is happening in Matthew 8. Jesus got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. These are the twelve. Now, they're in the boat, okay? So far, so good. They're going across the Sea of Galilee. Now, the Sea of Galilee is 13 miles long, 8 miles wide. It's 680 feet below sea level. Wow, so it's kind of like underground, so to speak. And it's surrounded by high, high hills. So the winds would rush down the hills and then slide right into the lake, plunging into the lake. And that would cause storms, big waves and winds, right? One observer noted, the storms on the Sea of Galilee combine suddenness and violence in a unique way. Because they came and, you know, they weren't expected. They just, boom, came. I remember one time being out on my little sailboat. It's a beautiful day. I was out with a friend of mine on a 24-foot sailboat. And it's a beautiful day. And all of a sudden, you could see in the distance a little dark clouds. And was, I guess you call that a squall. And that baby was moving faster than the boat. And within a matter of minutes, it was over us. And the rain was coming down. It felt like marbles hitting us in the head. <laughs> it was so heavy. We had to put these cushions on our head to kind of stop from getting a concussion from the squall. It just came up. Boom, it was there in no time. You know, a sailboat's going five miles an hour. The squall's going probably 20 miles an hour. So it caught up to you really quick. And boom, 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 being pelted. 
So that's what happened to these guys here on the Sea of Galilee. Verse 24, Behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, and the boat was being covered with waves. And where's Jesus? In the back of the boat. And you know what he's doing? Sleeping. I'm like, what? How do you sleep in a storm? You must be really tired or really at rest. The storm, the word for storm is the word seismos, and it means a tempest. It's where we get the word seismograph. It gives you an idea of the strength of the storm. What's a seismograph? An instrument that records the intensity and the duration of an earthquake. So a seismograph needs a lot of vibration to work, right? So that's the word used for this storm. It was a bad storm. So they came to him. They woke him up. And they said, Save us, Lord. We are perishing. Now, obviously, they had not yet become like their teacher. Remember we said when the student is fully trained, he becomes like his teacher? Well, his teacher was sleeping. And they weren't. They were panicking. So they weren't there yet. That's okay. Eventually, they're going to get there. So they weren't sleeping. They were panicking. And then in verse 26, Jesus said to them, Why are you afraid? It's almost like saying, As long as you're with me, you don't have to be afraid. Now, that's good for us to know, too. As long as we stick with Christ, We don't have to be afraid. Stick with Jesus. Don't wander from him. It's like the little sheep by the shepherd. The closer the sheep is to the shepherd, the more protected he is from the wolf. Because he's not going to come near the shepherd. Shepherd's going to hit him with a stick. So the closer we walk with Christ every day, the more peace and security we'll have in our own soul. So Jesus says, why are you afraid? And here it is, you men of little faith. The absence of faith makes fear. Okay? The absence of faith makes fear. So Jesus got up, he rebuked the winds and the sea, and it became perfectly calm. Wow. I could have used them on my sailboat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the men in the boat, they were. They, it says that they were amazed. And they said, oh, what kind of a man is this? That even the winds and the sea obey him. That's true. They still didn't know Christ completely. But that's okay, because they were students. They were learning, just like we are. We are all learning. I'm learning, you're learning, we're all learning. So, what does this miracle mean to us? Is it really about calming storms? If so, we would ask then, why doesn't Jesus calm storms for us today? Why do people drown in the water? Why do people drown in discouragement? Why do they drown in their tears? I think the true meaning of this miracle is wherever Jesus is, the storms of life will have no effect. They're there, but they'll have no effect. That Christ can keep you calm in the storm. And that's good, isn't it? That's really good. Perhaps the Lord's heart 
in the Lord's heart. This is why he wants his followers to be more than believers. He wants us to be followers because followers are very near to the one that they're following. Can you see it? Followers are near to the one that they're following because they want to hear every word. So when you are near Jesus, you can be calm in the storm. Okay? So as I get ready to wrap this up, the cost of discipleship. Let me give you a few points. Because I know you want to be a disciple. And sometimes it's difficult and challenging. And we forget. So we don't want to forget. We want to stay strong. Stand firm, right? No matter what. So number one, we must love Christ first and foremost. That's so important. You know, in Luke fourteen twenty six, Jesus said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children, what? And brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Now wait, the word hate, it doesn't mean to despise. It's the word meseo, and it means to love less. That's including self. So Jesus is saying, if you want to make it as a disciple, love me first. Love me more than everybody, including yourself. He's not saying don't love them and don't love yourself, but what he's saying is love me more. And that's so true. Love Christ more and then love others and love yourself. Secondly, the cost of discipleship, you've got to be willing to pay the price. Even sometimes the price is death. He said in verse 27, whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. The cross is an instrument of crucifixion. Thirdly, to be a disciple, you've got to count the cost. Jesus said, for which one of you, when he wants to build a tower, this is a tower that looks over a vineyard, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who observe it begin to ridicule him. Yeah, there's one thing you don't want to do is tell everybody, I'm following Christ, and then quit halfway. Because that's a mockery of Jesus. Okay? So, discipleship is not cheap. It is not easy. It is not even popular. But everyone must decide for themselves how far they want to go with Christ. Should you choose to be a disciple, there is a blessing. Jesus said it in Matthew 10.42. Whoever in the name of a disciple gives to one of these little ones even a cup of cold water to drink, truly I say to you, he shall not lose his reward. A simple thing by giving a cup of water to someone. As a disciple, there's a reward. Hey, especially in the ancient days, a cup of water could be a matter of life or death. To receive someone was to receive the one who sent him. So when you receive a disciple, you're receiving Christ. Everybody can't be in the limelight, but there are many that minister to those that are in the limelight. Everybody's not going to be front and center. Most people are in the back, making things happen. And in their discipleship life, they are the crux of the church. 
They are holding everything together. There's a story of a boy in a country village who, after a great struggle, reached the ministry. His helper in his days of study had been the village cobbler. The cobbler, like so many of his trade, was a man of wide reading and deep thinking and who had done much to help the boy. In due time, the young man was licensed to preach. On that day, the cobbler said to him, It was always my desire to be a minister of the gospel, but the circumstances of my life made it impossible. But you are achieving what was close to me. I want to make you a pair of shoes, and I want you to wear them in the pulpit when you preach, and then I will feel you are preaching the gospel that I always wanted to preach as you are standing in my shoes. Now, not everybody can preach, but people can help the preaching be done. Pair of shoes, cup of water, cup of coffee, a kind word of encouragement, your your prayerful and financial support of New Hope Radio allows me to preach. Keeping us on the air allows many, many people to hear the wonderful Word of God. I also want to invite you to join us during this Christmas season on the New Hope Christian Church Facebook. Go to Facebook, New Hope Christian Church, Swansea. And we started today, so it's not too late. We're reading a chapter a day in the Gospel of Luke. And you're reading it on your own. And then I'm commenting on it for a few minutes on Facebook. And then you add your comments as well. We have a nice dialogue going with everyone. Nice dialogue. People are sharing what they're learning from reading Luke. And we do a chapter a day. I'm inviting you to join us. You can start tonight. Start today. Read Luke chapter 1. Go to New Hope Christian Church, Swansea Facebook. Share your comment. And we'll be back tomorrow. Luke chapter 2. Why are we doing this? To get our hearts right for Christmas. It's going to go all the way up to Christmas Eve, right? 24 days. Right up to Christmas Eve, 24 chapters. And our hearts will be in tune with the Lord. When Christmas comes, we'll be ready to go. We'll be tuned up, ready to go. Something else you can do if you want to join the Hope Club. Get a daily devotional every day, Monday through Friday. $3 a week goes to us and a devotional goes to you. Go to newhoperadio.live. Click the menu bar. It's all there. All the information. Giving's been down, so we pray that many people will get on board. Help us to stay on the air. Okay, we need your help, and I think we could help you as well. So join us there, and uh, we'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.